Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash, your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. On this episode, we're joined by a very special guest to look back at the first six weeks of the season. And as normal, we'll share with you how our fantasy teams are doing. To make sure you don't miss any announcements and keep up to date throughout the week, make sure to follow us on Twitter, simply at Two Toms, One Ash. But for now, on we go. Here we are again, another week in the books, um, another good week of NFL football, if uh, well, if you don't support Eagles or 49ers, um, but we're joined as always by the Toms. Scotty, I'll come to you first, how are you mate? Could not be better pal, brilliant weekend, I'll leave it at that, fantastic. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that ever so slightly in more detail shortly, and Charlie, how are you? Yeah, not as enthusiastic as Scully. Uh, garbage weekend, shocking weekend of NFL. Uh, I'm not playing fantasy football anymore, and this is my uh, the end of my uh, career in terms of fantasy football. Yeah, done. Garbage. That, All the team. That, that might be a, a, little spo- <laughs> a little spoiler alert if uh, if if you can't tell how we went on this weekend. But um, but again, you've got about 35 seconds to to turn that around and be your normal uplifted self um but this week so we have got a special guest we have got a return guest of liam albert so um in our league and and what we like to class as college football expert uh because he is but also because we know nothing about college football so it was great to chat with you liam uh before the draft and then and then it will be even more so now that we're what six weeks into the season so liam welcome how are you i'm good mate thank you cheers for having us back on Good, good. And little one's now, what, seven months old? So, she a 49ers fan now? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get her, uh, get her a nice good kick because might as well have one team that usually wins, but we'll not talk about that again this weekend. Thank you. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, welcome back. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so let's look back, really, on the first six weeks of the season on the rookies and rookies that you picked out before the draft, so before we even knew which teams they were playing for. And let's go through it by position to start with. So... So the wide receivers that you picked out as um, not necessarily the best at their position, but certain, just a few players that you wanted to highlight before the draft. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson and Jalen Hyatt. So those three players, I guess, have had similar, actually, probably similar starts to their NFL career. But if you just want to talk on them a little bit around how they're doing and how you thought that they would do uh, once they are fully-fledged NFL players. Yeah, they've uh, uh, they've had very, uh, I think, slightly varying degrees of success to start the career. Uh, Jackson and Jigba uh, is, is a quality football player. Uh, we didn't obviously know where we were drafted. He got drafted by the Seahawks. Uh, good wide receiver core already there, which is why I don't think he's putting up the numbers I anticipated him. But at the end of the day, he's, he's a long-term successor to Lockett. Lockett now 31, going on 32 maybe. Probably not going to keep producing for the next couple of years, and he's a ready-made replacement. So yeah, he might not get his thousand yards this season, but he's playing well and taking the opportunities. But uh, when when they come, I think he looks quite slick when he's actually uh, on the field in that slot receiver. Uh, Johnson, obviously with the Chargers, great 
great landing spot for him, or I thought he was when he got picked, uh, first round pick as I expected. Thought he was. Uh, I thought he again would be a very very good pick there. I thought he with Mike Williams being as inconsistent as he always has been, got all the talent in the world, but never seems to put it on the field for me. I thought he would he would get the number two job probably behind Keenan Allen and. He he just doesn't seem to have. I mean, nothing. He he doesn't seem to have the opportunities. I think he's. I think I were looking uh, for today. I think he's got six catches all season, forty yards. The guy was you know, was so explosive for TCU last year. I'd have expected a little bit more production out of him. We, you know, what I mean, it's 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 very strange. I don't know what whether he's not learning the system very well or whether they don't trust him yet or there could always be something happening there. But I think in the long term, it's a good landing spot for him. You know what I mean? As again, Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. Mike Williams is hurt yet again. And as I say, when he, when he is fit, he's, everybody knows how inconsistent he can be. Who's ever had him on a fantasy team? It was great when you get 30 points one week and then one point for the next six weeks. He was a, a great person to have. And uh, Hyatt, uh, unfortunately, got drafted by the Giants. And I don't care if you ran him off in his prime, you ain't putting numbers up there. Yeah, it seems Tyrod that... Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not happening for, um, for for any of them really so far yet. And and let's not forget, I guess we're not comparing these players to um, to your Jeffersons, uh, what to, to your Chase, to your Hills. We're not comparing them with well established wide receivers. But but yeah, all three of those, whether that is the type of offense, and I guess the Chargers being the better offense of the three that those players have been drafted to, but just a a jam-packed offense, and it's not quite working for him. And and Quinton Johnson, I've had him right from the start, but he seems to be on the waiver wire pickups that people are suggesting you pick up every single week. But he's up there with Josh Palmer, and, and neither really are doing anything. So, so yeah, a, a bit of a shame on on all of those, I guess. Um, but so be it. And and I think when now being on the field, you can see that they are a talent. It just might be whether it's the start of the season or just a season too early for those anyway. Uh, moving on to running backs, um, so uh, probably a lot better success really with the running backs that you picked up. So Bijan Robinson, absolute no-brainer, I think at the time anyway, the one that was getting all the headlines. Um, Jameer Gibbs, who's gone to the Lions, which again, kind of a, a mixed season if you like, on a very successful Lions team so far. And Rashawn Johnson, which which has been a name up and down, I think throughout the season, but averaging seven points a game for the Bears. So, if you just want to touch on those three and, and how you how you've seen those three get on the, so far this season, yeah, also I'm very happy with the three picks actually for the running backs. Uh, I think Bijan Robinson was the he, he was the main prospect last year in the draft. As I said, he was, he, he was I compared him I think to Marshall Falk. Uh, I think I think he's superb. You can see the guys the guys got talent. You can see anybody who watches the football game when when the ball's in his hands, he's as good a receiver as he is a running back. I expected him to have. A little bit more of the ball, if I'm totally honest. They're, they're splitting the carries a little bit more than I anticipated them to at the Falcons. Again, it's a great landing spot for him. Obviously, a very, very run-heavy offense. So, yeah, you probably don't want to give him 30, you know, 25, 30 carries like they used to do with with the King back in the days. You don't want to hurt him as a rookie. And yeah, but yeah, I think it's a great landing spot with the Falcons. And yeah, the guy's as good as uh, I think he's as good as advertised. Really, is superb hands. Uh, but fantasy-wise, yeah, a, a little bit more of a split carry than possibly people thought they would be. Uh, Jamal Gibbs, uh, again, a, a good landing spot. I thought he was going to be guaranteed the number one running back in uh, in Detroit this year. 
Uh, Montgomery's played absolutely lights out. You can't take anything away from the guy. Gibbs has obviously had a knock for the last few weeks and, and, and bits and pieces like that. But I, I anticipate before the end of the season him becoming becoming the number one back or at least finding more packages to get him on the field, whether it's at receiver, whether it's in, in various you know various uh, special formations or whatever. They'll, 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 they'll do more to get him on the field. He's too... He's too talented a guy to just uh, be getting 10, 10, 10 touches a week. It's it's not it's not enough for a guy like that, and they're good enough. Montgomery's uh, Montgomery's out for a few weeks as well now, isn't he? So if he uh, could, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. You know, what I mean, if if Gibbs gets the workload, and you've seen it happen before in the NFL, where a guy guy goes down, the next guy steps up, and the other guy never ever gets a chance again. It's it sometimes happens. I think Gibbs is is a good enough back. To, uh, to take the opportunity, I really do. I think he's a, a quality, quality football player. And, he needs uh, to get fit himself, though, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, some, he's been out he's with a hamstring as well. Knocks, which was the not coming out of college, is the fact he was obviously a smaller back. So they were saying whether or not he could handle the, the workload of a NFL, you know, an NFL workload. be interesting to see whether he can do your know, long term, but talent wise, he's, he's, he's a superb football player. And yeah, you. I went. Uh, Roshan Johnson was somebody who wasn't being spoken about a lot in the draft. It was what my my outside pick, if you will, my uh, unheard of. Yeah, and I think he's a good. The Bears is a, a very very good landing spot for him. Again, I reckon in the next. I think he is. He will be the starting running back this week because I think Herbert's gone down injured. I think all, well, all three went down injured in one week, and he's the only one with a chance of coming back this week. So he'll possibly get the chance to start. Uh, I think, as I say, he's, he's flashed in the passing game probably more than the run game, I think, so far from what I've seen. But again, he's a very, very good football player. He got outshone in college because he was on the same team as Bijan. And you, you were never, ever going to shine past him. It was, he was too good a football player to do that. But it's no detriment to how good Rashawn Johnson is. I think I think he'll I think he'll get the best starting job this week and I think he'll be his to lose in the next three or four weeks, if I'm honest. Well, Charlie, you know all too well that kind of the ups and downs of the Bears. So hopefully, if um, if the Bears are coming into another up week, then then you're on with Fields and and uh, DJ Moore, but also Johnson might be the beneficiary of something like that as well. Um, and then on to quarterbacks. So the the three quarterbacks that you picked out are the top three quarterbacks from this year's draft. So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Um, so again, really, I guess. Mixed seasons to start with, uh, to say the least, really. But yeah, Liam, if you just want to touch on well, all three of those, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, I think my number one, I think I went Bryce Young. They got picked up by the Panthers, who are having quite a torrid start to the season. Uh, again, he's, he's, been, he's just got a bad football team around him, hasn't he? And I'm not sure whether it's as much his play or whether it's... You mean he's got no run game really to fall back on this season? He's, he's, I think they're doing a rebuild completely, aren't they, Carolina? So I think it might be a little bit too early for the first six games to judge him on whether or not he's going to be a franchise quarterback for them. Uh, I think he could. But what do you think? What do you think to how they're using him and the coaching around that? Because they're not playing him in certain situations. I find it very, very strange. Uh, I, to, to me. A quarterback is almost like a goalkeeper. It's one of these positions you don't change. They're your, your number one. They're, they're what you build your team around. If you haven't, when you look at the Jets, obviously I appreciate this week we, we don't really want to talk about that, but you take out, you put Aaron Rodgers in that team and it's, it, it, they've gone from being a Super Bowl contender to 
Mm. Will they even get a 500 record this year? Probably not. The quarterback, he's just, he's, he's too valuable a position to be messing around with. And I, I don't, I don't understand the coaching decisions. If I'm totally honest, I don't understand the thought process behind it. Unless you've got somebody like a, a Richardson, we'd rather talk about, who's got a specific skill set that you want to utilise, and you don't fancy him in another thing. But Bryce Young hasn't. He's, he's just a good quarterback. He's a good thrower. He can move. He's, he's, he's not a runner, but he's quick enough to move around when he needs to. There's no obvious flaws, or no obvious flaws that I could see of him coming out. It's, it's obviously a, a coaching decision for some reason. I mean, it's it's evident how small he is as well. He is um, a very very small guy for NFL standards. I mean that that surely is, plays into that decision making. I mean, I don't understand it either. I mean, you don't draft somebody first overall and then think oh, I need to protect them on third down or, or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, I, I just don't understand it, but maybe that is part of what they what the thinking is. They don't want to damage him, bless him. But oh, potentially, but you want know, to look back and you mean you look at Drew Brees. It was very very similar build. Obviously, he stacked a bit of weight on towards when he got a bit older, but. The John Payton built an offense for a short quarterback. You know what I mean? He had tall tackles but short interior linemen, so it was easier for him to see these. These are the ways you build your offense. That's just good coaching. You know, good coaching and good squad building. At the end of the day, it just it just seems a very strange, strange scenario in Carolina for me at the moment. I don't think that helps things, does it? That the second pick, CJ Stroud, is having a having a great season. So they're always throughout their career, they're probably going to get compared to each other. Uh, and so far, out of the two, CJ Stroud and the Texans in general are far outplaying the Panthers. Yeah, CJ Stroud's been absolutely phenomenal. I think he, I think it was his first interception he threw this week. And yeah, that's it. In, in, yeah. A, in a team that would be, I mean, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people spoke about going. Uh, could could they could they equal the Lions Owen well, beat the Lions Owen sixteen and the Texans have obviously they've took something on the chin and they're, they're playing really really good football at the moment. You I mean they've got some good football players there? Uh, Demico Ryan's I think is a superb coach. I mean and I hope he makes it as a head coach after what he did. You know I mean at the Forty Nineers his defense were were terrifying. I would I would I would hate to have been an OC against that because I don't know where you'd have gone with it. But yeah, CJ Stroud is playing very very he's playing very very good football with. Very, very poor weapons, I think. You know what I mean? And it'd be really interesting when they put some, some quality around him. You know, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, they're not, they're not hallmark names. You know what I mean? I'm really, really happy. I think that Tank Delph, I think they found an absolute star in him. I really, really do. But that's something I'll talk about later. But yeah, I think CJ Stroud is he's playing very, very good football at the moment. Uh, and I think the third one you said was Richardson at uh, the Colts. Yeah, that's right. So he's averaging 19 points a game and that's bearing in mind that I think there's three of those games he's not even finished because he's been injured and, and I guess obviously on IR now. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's mixed as in just for him in general. It looks a, looks a good, solid player for the Colts to build around. But another one that looks made of glass. Glass head 2.0. He is, unfortunately. He's, he's, he's used to running. As I, as I said, I think I, I pointed out the guys... It's nobody questioned his athleticism. You know I mean the the guy's he's massive, he's fast, his his throwing's not great, and it, it, I mean at Florida he needed another season. Bring it, but I think a lot of you can look at a lot of his points. I think he's run for four, he's run for more touchdowns than he's thrown. I think he's had four rushing touchdowns, which is where a lot of his points are obviously coming from. But unfortunately, yeah, you, you might be two fifty, two forty, two fifty, whatever he's weighing in at the moment. But 
these aren't college players anymore. You're running into big, big men. These linebackers, these D linemen, are, are, are trained to try and knock quarterbacks out. And yeah, he's out. He's out on IR now. And Gardner Minshew looks very, very interesting. Mm. Yeah, just a little bit. Which yeah, it seems a shame. Like I say, a shame for the Colts, uh, and then a shame for Richardson as well. Which uh, which yeah, if he can stay fit, can stay healthy, looks like a a fantastic fantasy quarterback. Um, okay, so let's move on then to to players that uh, that we had not talked about before with you, uh, and just to see what their history was and what the kind of call out was coming out of college. Uh, so the first one, Charlie, I'll call out your your lover boy. I think you're number one in his fan club, aren't you, this season? Uh, star tight end, the Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta. Um, tremendous season, tight end number two so far, averaging thirteen points a game. Uh, drafted in the second round, coming out of Iowa, what was what was he like in college? Could you envisage this sort of start to his NFL career? Absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, I think it might have even been you, school who I talked to about the three the three big tight ends coming out: Kincaid, Mayer, and Laporta. Laporta was he was he was the it was, well, was compared to George Kittle. Obviously, coming out of Iowa, you're gonna be, but he likes he does he does like a little bit of a block, but he's, he's pass catching superb. Maybe not a wide receiver style tight end like Kincaid, but yeah, he's, he's he's a very very good fit for the Lions, who were obviously got rid of Hawkinson the year before, so they 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 were in big need there. But yeah, the guy looks a very very good football player. He looks a very good football player. He's, he, I think I had him. I think I, well, a couple of dynasty leagues. I mean, I've drafted him myself in the first round because you could you could tell the kid could play football. Didn't expect him to start and be as good as he has been. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he could be a very, very good player for a long time for the uh, the Lions if they look after him. Good, good weapon yeah. for them. He's, they've got some serious weapons in Detroit at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And he's had he's a much better start one. than. So I was going to say he's had a much better start as well than than Kincaid, who kind of compared him to a little bit. Who I actually drafted, and uh, just been really disappointing in terms of fantasy. I mean, I put him in uh, more. Because I was going to see the Bills game when we went to um, when we went to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the other week, but just watching him on the field, Josh Allen just doesn't want to throw to him at all. He throws to Dawson Knox, who can't catch a cold, and it was like, really, really disappointing. Every time he did throw to to Kincaid, which wasn't often, he caught it. And it's like go back to him, and not just for my fan, well, mainly for my fantasy team, but it just continued to go for Knox, who continued to drop, and it was. Uh, yeah, pretty disappointing. And then another player who's been kind of the talk of this podcast, I suppose, uh, but Devon A-Chain. So obviously Devon A-Chain had a fantastic uh, couple of weeks, starting off by the week that we saw him in Miami. Um, monster game, monster game the week after as well. Both weeks he was on my bench uh, and then managed to get a trade for Tony Pollard out of it. Uh, and then, as it turns out, A-Chain's now uh, on IR for a few weeks. So, uh, another fantastic rookie that, uh, that was drafted in the third round out of Texas A&M by the Dolphins. But he's averaging 25 points a game. Uh, and then the last rookie that I'll call out... Uh, oh, Scully, I'll let you do the honours of calling out. So, the rookie wide receiver plays for the Rams. Give it a shot. How do you pronounce his name? Poa Nagoa. Brilliant. Did I get it? Close enough. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, don't like, I don't know, some some linguist, but Puka Nakua? I, 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 I think, I think, I've, I think I've just like defended, 
I think I've just defended a whole like I don't the whole know. Polynesian region. Yeah, yeah. A whole, Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, the whole a race whole, of people. But... <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. But we're about to big him up because he's got 20, 20 points a game. So maybe that uh, softens some of the blow. But yeah, twenty points a game. Uh, he's wide receiver six. He was drafted in the fifth round, um, and according to Wikipedia, he, he played at Washington and at BYU. Um, so, so certainly someone that wasn't talked about at all uh, in our world, anyway. I guess before the draft. Um, but but even now with Cooper Cup back, looks like he's a real solid player. And Cooper Cup doing well last week on his first game back, but Nakua still scoring solid as well. Not great this week. Only six point six this week. Wow. Okay. Dropped off. Dropped off a little bit. Still scoring, kind of as a total. But what do you think? Still, still think he's got room to to fit into that offense. Yeah, definitely still got room to fit in there. Uh, it just like I said, as I said at the start, this week was an awful week for American football, uh, inclusive of Puka Nakua. I'm including him in that. Uh, and yeah, he just he didn't have a great week. I expected better from him uh, against Arizona. Um, but they were they they took a lead, didn't they? And uh, they 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 ended up, I think, winning comfortably against them. So I think they were they were potentially more run heavy. And um, I think last week I'd mentioned Karen Williams potentially taking a hit with Cooper Cup coming back. Um, obviously, if the Rams are going to take a lead, he's going to get the lion's share of the work, isn't he? And uh, and Nakua potentially takes the hit if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, and then what was it middle of last week? I think Van Jefferson got traded away, which I don't think he was doing anything anyway. But it just shows a clear, um, a clear way out of that sort of receiver as well. They only need kind of what your Puka, Tutu, Cooper, uh, those sorts of three key wide receivers moving forward for this season. So let's take a look at how our fantasy teams got on last week. Uh, so just at the minute, sticking with uh, with with us three, me, Charlie, and Scully. Um, so Charlie, you scored sixty five points <clears throat> in a loss to Scott. Um, I scored one hundred and thirty four. Uh, who beat and I beat Kyle uh, and Scully. You scored the highest out of us three last week with one hundred and thirty eight points. After all that points bash in the last few weeks, you scored one hundred and thirty eight and beat Mike, who scored one hundred and thirty. So on the season, we are now two two and two. Believe it or not. Um, so so we'll dive into those games and those matchups a little bit later on. But for now. Albert, so you scored 110 points, but that was in a loss to Tom Howarth, who scored 113. So you do remain winless on 0-6. I know I'm not t- telling you anything new here, but on 0-6. <laughs> However, if there is a shining light, over the last three weeks, you have lost by a combined no more than 10 points, which is crazy to think of, that you are just so close away from being 3-3. Three and three. Um so, looking at your matchup and your team, so yeah, so you scored 110, uh, Howard scored 113 points. Just talk us through your team a little bit, some of your thinking behind it, and and well, from what I know, one one mistake that you did make. Yeah, I made a uh, I made an error. I I picked up uh, Kendrick Bourne 
the obviously a Patriots receiver. Uh, I expected him to have a good week, and he did. I, however, forgot to update my team. So KJ Osborne stayed in, did like Minnesota things, and didn't score very many points, and I lost the game. But yeah, last I think it's I think I worked out. I think it's nine point nine points combined the last three weeks I've lost by less than a hundred yards or less than well, a touchdown most weeks. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. I forgot to put yeah. Kendrick Bourne in, uh, and that that was my own fault. And end of the day, I've, I've lost, and that's it. But now, uh, I've just it's just been one of them seasons. Unfortunately, I've, I've had every fifty-fifty decisions kind of gone the other way. Uh, I thought I'd had an halfway decent draft. Obviously, it turns out it wasn't. But we're getting there. We're trying as best. Uh, but no, cause yeah, I've met, met a couple of decent pickups recently. Scoring a lot more points than well. I think I were averaging like eighty points the first three games. It was not a good start at all. So at least we've got slightly respectable scores, like hundred and ten ish, hundred and fifteen last few weeks. I suppose making an error like that, not putting someone in, it's not a case of you're not you're not just kind of talking around who was on your bench who could have scored more. I guess we could all do that uh, every single matchup, every single week. But if it's someone that you were planning on putting in and and just didn't in the end, then uh, then yeah, that's unfortunate. But I guess that zero six start difficult to come back through, especially when even in an eleventh place they've got two wins. It might be a case of looking ahead to to the playoffs, albeit kind of the the bottom four playoffs and, and hoping that you don't give it a one that, that loses out on that and ends up buying that ring at the end of the season. Oh, I'm already shopping for rings, mate. Don't worry. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, been, a, it's been a rough start. But now we've got uh, we've got gunslinging Sam now. I mean, uh, Scully knows he's my boy from UNC. So he's scoring some... You know, so I've got a quarterback. Uh, I, I, I went in... I went in on wide receiver ones from bad teams instead of wide receiver twos from good teams as my strategy and it's backfired massively and it, it, it was something I went for and that's how it's gone. We all laughed about the Madison pick at the beginning. I, I, I made a strong argument in uh, discussions with people on this panel and they kind of, I mean, it, it made sense in my brain and apparently it didn't <laughs> on the field. Well, you've got Scully week week seven, so um, so I'm sure things will turn around or Scully will be back to his, uh, his ways of scoring double digits. Um, speaking of double digits, Charlie... Um, Oh, rough week then, eh? If uh, if nobody can tell so far, but sixty-five points uh, in a loss to Scott, who in fairness scored one hundred and thirty-five, so um, you'd have been hard pressed to to beat that anyway, I think. But you're now three and three. Um, but talk us through the team with the lowest scoring points of the season by any of us so far. I'm looking I forward mean, to this. I mean, way to kick a man when he's down. Uh, just keep going. Just keep going, guys. Just uh, Steelers didn't lose. Round me up. No, that's true. They didn't lose. You, you're right. Uh, but that would have been my only grace for the weekend. Is I would have at least been able to see the Steelers do something uh, instead of watching the trash that I was uh, that were on my team. So yeah, Justin Fields dislocated his thumb. Um, so only four points. Uh, I nobody in this damn league will give me a bloody running back, the amount of people that I'm trying to trade for, and I'm not even trying to trade toss, I'm trying to trade good players, but nobody in this god-awful league will give me a running back, and it is driving me effing nuts. Um, So yeah, just to say I'm a little bit pissed off this week is an understatement. So I had to play Zach Charbonnet, who I do think is a very good player, Um, however, he's sitting behind one of the best running backs in the league. Um, so he's he's not going to score big. However, um, he, he he is a good player. 
just not in fact in terms of fantasy. Uh, so only got me three point nine. Um, Devonte Adams without uh, Jimmy G four point nine. I mean, all across the board, players that have performed all all year just it was a complete capitulation from every player. Sam Laporta seven points. Mike Evans eight point nine. Uh, the Cowboys defense seven. Just single digits across the board. DJ Moore managed to sneak a ten point one. And Bijan just being the only player who really did anything, and he only got thirteen. Um, so yeah, just absolute toss, awful weekend. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm taking my toys and leaving. I'm done. Yeah, makes maybe. me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> still, that was still so entertaining. What? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> three and three, and that that announcement, if it wasn't needed before, that yeah, you want a running back. Um, yeah, there might be a few trades incoming. Um, okay, so I'm moving on to mine. So yeah, 134 points, uh, and I beat Kyle, who scored 103. So that was looking. I think there's about 20 points in it most of the weekend, most of the, mostly through the games, and as we know, that 20 points can quickly disappear. Um, when you've got someone projected to score quite high uh, that doesn't um, or or vice versa, really, on someone on the opposite team. But overall, I think most players scored pretty well and pretty solid. I think the only... It's not disappointing necessarily, but um, I think as we touched on earlier on, Jameer Gibbs obviously didn't play at all, but I'd like to see him start playing and start doing a bit better, especially with Montgomery out. If he does get that start, uh, and Lamar Jackson as well, still disappointing. Didn't even break 20 points last week. So he's QB 11 on the season. Fairly decent offense. Uh, you can see that from the game at Tottenham on Sunday afternoon that he's, he's trying to do a lot more running around, but it's just not happening, not working. So, so yeah, he's definitely one that that is on the trade block for me. Um and and yeah, would have would have liked to score a few more or have a few more points available, but nevertheless, um, got the win. So now four and two, which I think most of us are bunched up quite nicely, um, apart from apart from you, Liam, unfortunately. And Scully, so a league winner of the season so far. So 138 points on the week. Uh, beat Mike, who scored 130. So really close game, beating by just the eight points. Uh, and as well, now four and two. So it looks for you, if you want to talk us through your team, but um, your Lions especially, um, did you a solid? Yeah, no, good week all round. Um, main, main man <clears throat> sent Brown with 30.4 points, really, and uh, I think that's the one that that really got me over the line. But it was really close, actually, between between me and Mike. It was going back and forth with the predictions. I was slightly in front. He was slightly in front. I think he was predicted to beat me by quite a bit, um, by about 10 points. But uh, in the end, it come down to uh, the late game on Sunday. I think all his matchups had done. He was leading by about five points. And uh, I was waiting on a game-time decision for whether Barkley was going to start or not. And it, would, it all came down to that because I had no other running back that I could put in. It was Barkley or bust. And, and luckily, um, and I was so pleased to see that the announcement come through that he was going to be starting. And uh, when I woke up on, on Monday morning, he scored 13 points and won the game. So, um, very pleased, especially after that uh, field goal wide to the right. Um to beat the uh, so-called best team in football. So what 
what a Sunday, what a weekend, what a Monday to wake up to. So could not be any happier for Tom to have a miserable weekend and could not be any happier for me to uh, to revel in, in the success of my weekend. Yeah, congratulations. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, and and not, notwithstanding a helping hand from Mike, who I've spoke to quite a bit, who couldn't decide last week between Moss or Taylor, who he's got both of those, uh, and decided to drop them. I think if he'd have started either, <laughs> he might have scored an additional eight points. So, uh, so yeah, well done to him. Um, so, uh, Liam, before we close out and before we let you go, we have had a question on Twitter for you. Um, so, in the meantime, if anyone has got any questions that they want to send over to us, which just is simply at two Tom's one Ash on Twitter, feel free to send things through or DM us throughout the week with any sort of questions or comments that you want, either on these episodes or questions that you want answering on the on the podcast themselves. Um, but yeah, Liam, we have had a question from from Paul on Twitter who's asking about Caleb Williams. Is he the real deal? Uh, and what's the chances that he does go number one next season? Uh, Caleb Williams is a good football player. He's a great football player. There's, there's no denying he's he's currently he's currently the number one pick. He's had an absolutely dreadful weekend this weekend. Uh, USC got uh, beaten by Notre Dame, a good Notre Dame team. Don't get me wrong, they're a good football team. But yeah, he threw three horrible picks. So he's currently in line for the number one pick, but. The top three, the top three picks are interchanging at the moment. There is, but there is another quarterback up there, uh, a gentleman, uh, a young lad. Uh, I know they're my team, but UNC Drake Moy, who isn't as far behind, I don't think, as a lot of people think. Caleb Williams is. They're saying that people are tanking for him like they did like for Luck all them years ago, and they said it for Tua and. He's a, he's a don't wrong. He's he's a he's a, he's a franchise quarterback. There's, there's no denying the fact that he is a franchise quarterback. But yeah, this the shown the shown. Someone has, uh, there's been a couple of chinks in his armor. Sorry, this this year shown at USC. Uh, he's also come across. I don't know. I don't think he's publicly put himself across particularly well, saying that depending on who's the number one pick, whether we'll decide whether he comes out, almost as if he he wants to choose what team he goes to. Could put some teams off a bit like Eli Manning did many many years ago when he when he got drafted by San Diego. And he just basically said, I'm not playing football then. I'm just going to basically sit out his rookie contract to go and spat dummy out. Caleb Williams has mentioned that a couple of times now, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, people think of that personality trait. But, yeah, currently he's still penciled in at number one for most mock drafts that I've seen and done currently. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see for uh, for the rest of the season. This, to, to be wrong, this is, not the, this is the first game where he's had a, a serious shocker. But... It was bad, very, very bad. And you don't normally, uh, number one picks don't always put up bad tape and get away with it. Yeah, well, we'll see. How many more weeks left of college football? Same as the NFL? No, college football is, uh, bowl season starts towards Christmas, maybe the week before Christmas. And you've got championship games normally either a week or two weeks before that. So, uh, yeah, there's a few weeks. There's a few weeks left, obviously, depending on what team it is. You know, I mean, they normally play usually between ten and twelve games for the for the season. Then you have the championship and the bowl games after that. So some teams go up towards like twelve to fourteen games at the end of the season. Okay, so I guess a, a good few me, few more weeks left yet to, yeah, yeah, to redeem himself and put some good tape out there. Um, awesome. Okay, well, thanks ever so much, Liam, for joining us this week. It's been amazing. Uh, I'm sure we'll get you back on, if not 
later on in the season than we will do before next season draft, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, again, thanks ever so much for joining. Well, thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, just give a shout any time, lads, absolutely. Thanks, mate. And that's that. Hope you enjoyed that sort of insight and, dare I say it, educated analysis. But, of course, you're all used to that by now from us. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, You know the drill. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave written ratings and all that sort of stuff. And for God's sake, someone trade Charlie a running back. We'll see you next week.